Well, let's take a declaration of understanding so that the Holy Spirit will, you know, write upon those words and bless us this evening. If you believe that, give me an amen. amen. So let's take that declaration. One, two, let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, and I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord and pleasing Him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to His word. God is entering my heart. He's giving me light and direction. He's healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I said amen. Amen. All right, that's what God is going to do for us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Like we prayed at the beginning, as the word is coming forth, it's our season of the demonstration of the Spirit and the power of God. So that word is going to ignite that experience for us this evening in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, the Lord is good. Let's take our seats quickly. Let's open our Bibles again. Um, I was thinking of which one we start with. I have something in mind that I want to explain to us today. Okay, let's start first of all from the book of Hebrews chapter 11 quickly. The book of Hebrews chapter 11, where faith is defined. Where faith is defined. It said, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the men of old gained approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. I'm going to stop reading there, verse 3. So faith is the way by which we understand reality. We do not understand reality based on what we see with our eyes. We understand the things that are real by faith. Faith is not the way we make ourselves feel happy. Faith is a method by which we see into the unseen realm. That realm is real. You must understand that. That realm is what? Is real. Faith is like this. Listen to this. If I want to see a star that is like, um, let's assume, is 200 million light years away. There are stars like that. A galaxy that's that far removed from us. I do not look at it, just come out in the evening and stare at the sky like that. I don't do that. I go and get um, pictures from Hubble Space Telescope. This telescope is hanging somewhere in the space outside the Earth so that it is not distracted by the dust and the air and the things that are around. So it can capture for me a clear picture of light emitted 200 million years ago. I hope you're getting my point. Let us assume, now, that light has been traveling for 200 million years. I'd like to help people understand that the light from the moon reaches the earth in about one second. The light from the sun reaches the earth in about eight minutes. But there are lights that we look at, all right, rays of light. They were emitted 200 million years ago. Some of them one billion years ago. So they've traveled what is called 200 million light years. Now, let's not talk about that in detail. So, for me to be able to see some of those um, galaxies, they are very faint. They are faint. So, the people who have been studying them, they've tried to use telescopes on the Earth. Sometimes they can see. 
But the best telescopes they have right now, they're outside in space. Now, let us assume I don't have that Hubble Space Telescope. Let us assume I don't have all of these things. Am I likely to be able to see the galaxy that's, if, that, that's 500 million light years away from the Earth? The answer is what? No. Does it mean it does not exist? No, answer me. Does it mean it does not exist? So I can't see it does not mean it doesn't exist. But if I want to see it, I get the right instrument for vision. Sometimes to explain some phenomena that are going on, they have some telescopes that don't use light. They use some other parts of the electromagnetic spectrum. They use x-rays. Now, what they see, your eyes can't see, my eyes can't see. But they can decode the image into things that we can understand. The question again now is that if we did not have the X-ray telescopes, does it mean that those things don't exist? The answer again is no. But when we want to see them, we go and get the proper instruments. Now, let's come back to our message now. So what is faith? Is the way by which I see things that cannot be seen naturally. The spiritual realm exists. It exists. Now, the Hubble Space Telescope cannot capture it. The X-ray telescopes cannot capture it. If you've done a bit of reading in those things that I, I, I enjoyed reading them, you know, when they've simplified them for common people, I try to read, you understand? I know that they said there's even a possibility there's another universe apart from ours. And are we going to ever be able to contact that universe? The answer is no. That it will have been formed on different principles, different, you know, what do I mean by different laws. So like our light now will not exist there as an example. And when I first time I read that, I laughed. And somebody would tell me that spiritual things are not real. Even though science right now has given the possibility of things that are not existing. Now, this is the question I'm asking. Assuming there's another universe, are we going to be able to see it? No. There is nothing on this earth we can ever be able to manufacture that will be able to ever contact them. So how do we see what's going on inside there? Materially speaking, impossible. We just keep on reading physics, uh, the theories of physics and astronomy. And then you see scientists will come and tell you, it is like this, it is like that, it is like that. I say, but you haven't seen it. But if I tell you about angels, you tell me I'm being religious. If I tell you about heaven, you say I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a faith person. What do you think you are? You are extending your faith more than I'm extending mine. At least for me, people who have seen what I'm talking about, they have reported it to me. For example, no one has seen the Father. The only begotten Son of God, he has made him known. So if I know the only begotten Son of God, I have seen the Father. I hope you're getting my point here. It's no longer guesswork. He's trustworthy. He can tell me what the Father is like. He can tell me I and the Father, we are one. Please, follow me. I need to always emphasize this to Christians. I like to do that. For you to understand that faith, spiritual things, they are not like you know religion, the way we make ourselves happy. It's a way by which we contact another realm. The realm is real. It is not imaginary. It is just that you cannot see that realm with your microscope. You cannot see that realm with your normal telescope. You cannot see that realm with physical things. The method by which you see that realm is called what? Faith. Faith is not imagination. It's not self-delusion. It's reality. Because if you understand this faith, you listen to this, you will be able to contact the persons that walk in that realm. And they will talk to you. And you will listen to them. You understand? And you will not be able to decode what they are saying for common people to see. Now, some of those common people will laugh at you. For example, if your name is Noah and you are walking by faith, because we know it is by faith that Noah obeyed God. So faith helped him to hear what God was saying. Faith helped, helped him to understand God. 
The faith that had been passed down from Adam down to his generation helped him to know that one day rain is going to fall. Now, let me explain something to you. Rain had never fallen. We just assumed that from the beginning it was raining. No. Rain had never fallen on the earth. The people of the generation of Noah had never seen rain. So he told them it's going to rain and everywhere is going to be flooded. And they needed to come and build the ark with him and get into the ark. For over a hundred years, he's talked that nonsense. Like people who think they know science now think you are talking nonsense. Except that one day, the thing that we are saying now will happen. I hope you are getting my point. And then they will know that a prophet has been in their midst. That's what happened to Noah. So he kept on speaking. But because of his faith, he was able to hear from the realm of the spirit. He was able to see the people of the spirit. And he was able to you know, walk with them. And God was able to speak to him and give him instructions concerning the preservation of his family. So he took those, you know, they took those instructions, obeyed them, and kept his family inside. And somebody came, the Lord himself actually, from the realm of the spirit, when Noah and all the people that went with him and the animals were inside the ark, the Lord locked the place from behind and closed it. He was able to interact with another realm because of faith. So faith is not a joke. Faith is saying that, listen, we see what others don't see. That's what faith is. It's not as if we are denying. Sometimes they look at it, you want to deny. No, it is not denying. It is not denying. It is not denying. It is seeing something else beyond what you are seeing. I mean, you know, God helped me because I knew, understood a bit of physics when I was a young boy. And as I was growing up, when I hear some things of advancement, I keep my ears open. And I learned, one day I was watching on TV, and it, one man was talking about one man called Kaluza and his mates, and with the principle of, don't worry, you're going to get confused if you don't know advanced physics, what they call supersymmetry. I said, eh, what is supersymmetry? And he started talking about making calculations of the realms of life in 11 dimensions. Now, an average person knows only four dimensions and is only able to know four dimensions. That's all. The fourth dimension is space-time, what they call time. You understand? But you know length, breast, so you are sitting down here, you are in three dimensions. But there's another dimension called time. Beyond that, calculation, I mean, how many of you know quadratic equation when you were in secondary school? You, every time they brought it up, you, co- you collapsed. <laughs> you only passed mathematics by knowing every other thing. Simultaneous equation was where your mental limit ended. And what do they call, what do they call simultaneous equation? Doing, doing calculation in two dimensions. When they say quadratic, it had gone to three dimensions. When they imagine putting the fourth dimension, you dropped out of other maths. And there were men calculating on 11 dimensions. When I read those, saw those things, I said, listen, who wants to tell me the realm of the spirit does not exist? Because men are already calculating in two realms, you know, like that. Except that they have not even reached the realm of God. They don't want to tell me it does not exist. It just means they are not able to reach it. They are not able to touch it. The method by which we reach and touch it is called faith. It's called faith. So, when you hear that faith is a substance, the assurance of things hoped for, and the conviction of things not seen, I can't see it, but I know it's real. For example, most people have never seen the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't feel inferior to those who have, because some people have. I know people who have. You know what he said? Blessed are you that believe without sin. So don't feel inferior. 
He said that you have this conviction and you have not directly witnessed it. His person. He said you are blessed. How do you know he exists? It's called faith. It is called faith. It is called faith. You're not imagining it. You're not trying to believe that which doesn't exist. Faith helps you to see what naturally you can never see. Faith helps you to bring to reality that which the scientists can never measure it. But you know it. Like I was saying, we're not denying. That's why I talk about dimensions. A man who's calculating on three dimensions is inferior to the man who's calculating on ten dimensions. Do I need to tell you that? So, if you, I mean, think about it. Those days, you know, those days, those days, <laughs> secondary school. Let's talk about more science. Light travels in what? A straight line. You remember that? Life, light has no mass. It's not a wave, it's a, it's a wave, not a particle, right? Then when we go to an advanced level, they say, hey, wait, dual nature of light, there's a particle. That light can actually be bent by gravity. And they proved it. Do you know? There's what is called black holes. How many people have heard of black holes? Do you know they photograph black holes? Now, actually, you can't photograph a black hole because it's a black hole. So they have photographed the horizon, what they call the event horizon around the black hole. Now, that's not my gist. My gist is that before they ever saw it, men sat down, did their calculations, and said it must exist. They had never seen it. They sat down, did their calculations. I remember that time. I read a brief, a brief history of time by Stephen Hawking. A brief history of time. And in it, he explained all of those things. He did his PhD on the black holes. And they had never seen one. And he said they must exist. That the principle of life means it must exist. The principles of matter mean it must exist. Was it denying reality? They had never seen it. But he said it must exist. For example, long before that, Albert Einstein, yes, Albert Einstein said the universe must be expanding. And they said, no, it's not expanding. So he said, okay, I'm sorry. Then one day, they found strong telescopes that proved that the universe was expanding. He knew it was expanding without seeing it. I hope, I hope you have what I'm going to say. So it's not only us, people of faith, that actually operate like that. It's part of life. There are things you will know without sin. That's why Jesus said, blessed are you. You have believed even though you have not sinned. How am I supposed to believe? By the report of those that have sinned. So faith is how I handle it. By the report I have heard, by report of the people that saw him, who have come to testify, who have given us the demonstration of the spirit and the power of God, we know certain things are real. There are things I personally never experienced. I can't sell people concerning. If I wanted my wife to tell me something, she just gave me a gist about somebody. I just said, oh, that girl must be like this. Eh? He said, my husband, how did you know? I completed the gist. I said, wait now. You just told me one, two, three, four. Automatic. I said, I knew this is how life is. I never met the individual. I just said, one, we just traveled out the experience. Somebody was in the entourage behaved one way. I completed the life of the individual for her. That's what faith does. I take the principles of the realm of the spirit and I apply it to life. If I'm calculating on ten dimensions and I'm saying the man who's calculating on two, three dimensions is wrong, I'm not denying what he's saying. I have seen more than him. 
Okay, I was saying something when I was telling the story. Why I went into some of those stories? Someone told you about light those days. The person who now tells you you are wrong about light, is it that he doesn't know elementary physics? He does, but he has studied advanced physics. And he tells you that all these things you are saying, bros. Hmm? Like, how many people remember Newton's laws? They say Newton's laws is for big matter. When things are tiny, Newton no not know Newton they talk of. Ah, then I started going into other laws. I'm not talking about them in details at all. But to let you understand something. If, if, for example, science may say something, and I disagree. It does not mean, you know, you Christians like to deceive yourselves. No, I know something science does not know. I know something political analysts don't know. I know something that, what's the name of this football coach? Moreno. Mor- eh? What is his name? Moreno. Moreno. And whatever it is, Mori guy, you understand? <laughs> there are things he does not know about football that I know. <laughs> and I don't play football. For example, I might tell him, look, your men are going to lose tomorrow. Your opponent will score a first goal in the 36th um, minute. Your guys will reply with three goals, but you will still lose. He will look at me like, <laughs> My boss is called three. How will I lose? You don't know. I'm the chosen one. <laughs> My boys can't lose. What he may not understand is that he thinks they are playing tomorrow. I watched the match yesterday. I watched the whole match yesterday. He doesn't know that. He doesn't know that by faith I understand that the things that I've seen are not made out of things that are visible. That there's something in the realm of the spirit that's controlling who scores, who doesn't score. And I've been invited to watch the match. And I sat down and watched the match. And the angel said to me, these are the things that shall happen shortly after. And I meet the coach one day. And he said, oh, you're, I tell, oh, you're the one coaching this team that's playing tomorrow. He said, yes. And I tell him that. And he's like, who's wrong? What's wrong with this guy? He doesn't know I watched the match some, a, a while ago. And that what they are going to see on the earth is a physical demonstration of things that have happened in a realm that cannot be seen. So he goes to warn his people. Play hard, though. I've had a bet with one crazy guy. And they play like they are going to die. And the opponent gives them the first goal in the 36th minute, and he gets angry, and what God does, he makes him forget in that instant. He's so busy trying to win and prove me wrong. So he motivates his men, motivates his men, and they reply with three goals. And I'm there watching. Then 10 minutes to the end, he's feeling happy. Yeah, I proved that guy wrong. Well, three goes up. That is two, two goes up. Guys, put another one in for me. As one guy is trying to put one in, he slips, falls, dislocates his ankle. That's his best striker. They move him out. His guy is trying to defend another thing. He falls, dislocates his hip. His best defender, they move him out. And like the Chinese man, we say, we say, that men often meet their destiny on the road they take to avoid it. <laughs> so, he's playing hard. Then they remove his two best, you know, best striker, best defender, and the opponents look at him and they wall up him four extra goals. He now loses 5 3. Then he remembers what I said to him. Now, let me ask you a question. If you wanted to play, bet your destiny. Are you getting my point? You know, they have all kinds of bet this, bet way, bet Chris, bet mad. 
And I've been warning all of you, if you bet, your phone will spoil in Jesus' name. Yeah. And I've been telling you, don't, don't learn a bad thing. Prosperity does not come from, by, it doesn't come by betting. Alright? Lena, let's just assume you are mad and you want to bet, okay? So let's go to what I'm trying to say. Now, who will you follow? Me? Or Maureen? Now, I don't play football. I can, ha- I don't know the dimension of the ball. I don't even know the rules inside. But next time they say, who will win, who will lose? Who will you believe? You will believe me more than the expert. Why? Is it that you are denying him? No. You have followed, you have followed a man who sees more than the expert. So he does all his analysis. Let me give an example now. They said a plague breaks out. And of course, every time, now, just by the way, I like to always educate people. Please, let me beg you. All this Bill Gates wants to kill you. Listen, it's, it comes all the time. People, the world, you know, out of fear. When people don't know God, they have to manufacture something. Why, what will Bill Gates gain from killing all of you? Who will buy his Microsoft products? Forget all of that nonsense. The man is living his life. He doesn't know you. I hope you're getting my point. I don't want to get into that now because it takes me off my, my issue, all right? Now, plagues happen on the earth. People start talking. So, medicine will start. They identify a virus. They identify this. They start identifying that. They start identifying this. But do you know there's another prophet like me, like the football prophet, remember? Who God has told that a plague will come out next year. It's going to kill this number of people. The person says, ah, God, please now. Say, you have a problem with people that are dying? Yes. Say, can you spare all these people? He said, no problem, I will spare all of them. Give me their names. It's give, give me their, the fellow give, gives God their names. And the plague comes, kills everybody else, and spares all those people. Now, listen to me. Medical science will have an explanation for it. We will have an explanation. It's because this fellow has a genetic mutation that does not allow the spike protein to bind. We will find all kinds of explanations. That's why, you see where, where my preaching is going on? You see where my preaching is going in a moment? Now, those explanations will come. But assuming you heard that prophet ahead of time, you know, no matter the explanation they will give you, you will say, but this man told God, these are the people he wants him to spare. And God spared them just as he asked. So whatever story they are telling, you are not hearing it. Now, those who have not heard that prophet, those who have not seen that experience, you know what they do? They will follow everything that the scientists are saying and use it to plus their lives afterwards. Let's talk about pandemic for a moment. The last pandemic the world had before this one was about 100 years ago, the Spanish flu. 1917, I think, or 1918, 1919, thereabout. Now, you know the thing about that particular one? It was killing mostly young people. Yes, Spanish flu. If you're a young man, young woman, you're more likely to die. A hundred years later, and that pandemic broke out. And this one started killing old people. The younger you are, the more you are likely to survive. Now, this is the point I want to make. The story about that one, the world lent it, archived it. And they were holding it ready for the next pandemic. Except that when the next one came, it changed the number of things. 
So the world gets confused. They have to get confused. I don't want to get, you know, there's so many things to say about this current one that I don't want to talk too much about it because, you know, the science keeps evolving. You know, there are all many, all kinds of strains now. The South African strain, you know that? There's a UK strain that's taking over most of it from the old strain. It's almost vanishing. But the new ones are faster and, you know. And then there's a new one. Brazilia, Brazil just added their own strain a few days ago. <laughs> and listen to me, let me just warn you ahead of time. All these strains, one will soon show up. We don't know the vaccine. There are rules, a pharaoh, that knew not Joseph. <laughs> one strain will soon show up that knew not Pfizer. That will not know Moderna. And it will prosper because the vaccine will have kept the other strains down. Therefore, it shall prosper more than those ones prospered. No, no, will all prosper. <laughs> now, what I'm going to say is that if you are calculating on earthly frequencies, you keep getting confused on a daily basis. They say when he hits Africa, we'll be picking bodies on the street. He waited and waited and waited. He said, okay, what happened was that, you know, in Africa, for the first time in my life, I heard that the continent is underpopulated. You know, the, you know initially I was angry. But now, I realize they are telling the truth. Somebody explained. I was watching a video the other day that Africa has more land mass than China, um, U.S., and all of Europe put together. Now, if I'm wrong in that, then the fellow quoted something slightly different. And that, so the concept of overpopulation calculated by land mass makes no sense. I never heard that until recently. Oh, but one I've known, all right, for a long time, is that Congo, which has two and a half times the size of Nigeria, has the second largest arable land mass in the world. So when they're telling you about population, Africa cannot be overpopulated yet. If America is not overpopulated, Africa is not. But they now use as an example that Africa is underpopulated. They tell the story, go left, go right, go center. The current story now is that please just go out in the sun, coronavirus not go kill you. I'm telling you the truth. But I read all of these things because of my natural training. I have to know them. Okay? But I keep laughing when new ones come. I say, this is what happens when men are calculating in just a few dimensions. But the people that really control, that's what the Bible calls the decree of the watchers. There are beings in heaven. Some of them, this is my own thought, were human beings. They were on the earth. They have left. People like Elijah, they took their body up there. People like Enoch. And don't be mistaken. Assuming that only Enoch and Elijah had that experience. There are many people that had that experience. They just got up and walked away. People just stopped seeing them. If you hear of Sadhu Sundar Singh, that they believe he just disappeared. They just stopped seeing him. People say he died in the Himalayas. They couldn't locate his body. Some people say, no, we saw visions that showed that. And Enoch walked with God and he was not because God took him. That that was his experience. They are all over the place. I have another conviction that there are some of them, they have not even left this physical body. They have been translated in a funny way, but they are still on the earth. These are the people that they call watchers. They just look around. You know what they call watchers? They watch. 
And then they go to do it like this. This guy will go do your strong thing. And sometimes they sit down and they just decree. Now, you are going to take 50,000 people from that continent and not further. What about Europe? Um, you take one million. What about US? Give me half a million. And they decree. And they said, so it pleases the Lord. They did not leave you with what the Bible says. Solomon said it like this. That this, this is what God has given mortal man to be occupied with. It's called science. Just be busy. We will mix reagents. We will analyze. Do DNA study. Gene. We will write papers. Become professors. Be giving lectures based on three-dimensional thoughts. Meanwhile, the people who are calculating and running life on 50 dimensions, they are watching from above. And what is playing out is what is called the decree of the watchers. What is playing out is the decree of the Almighty. You know how we understand all of these things? By faith. So God does not give me because, you know, it's called weariness to the soul. Solomon said it. Don't ask for too much knowledge. It gives what? Weariness to the soul. You get tired. So does not, God does not give me a knowledge of 70 dimensions. He calculated over a hundred of them. God does not give me a knowledge of more than six, seven dimensions in the earth. But he gives me one, which is called the word of God. He said, fear God, obey his commandments. That's your whole duty. No matter what they say against the things I'm telling you, fear God, obey his commandments. Don't ever disobey me. Don't ever disagree with me. They will give you laws based on their two, three, four dimensions that they can calculate by. There is one defense you have. There's one hiding place you will have is that which I have said. Anything I say, hold on to it. You know why? Because the people that are telling you otherwise, they calculated based on four, five dimensions. I have done mine on a hundred. And I've told you this is the safest way to go. Just believe me. So God will not tell you too many things. He will just tell you one thing at a time. For example, he will tell you things like, it shall be well with you. And they will tell you the roads are dangerous. Dangerous. You say, it shall be well with you. Do you get my point? They have all kinds of decrees, things that they will have said. But he has said one thing, it shall be well with you. They will tell you, Boko Haram is catching people. He will say one thing to you, it shall be well with you. They will tell you that the sky is falling. It's called global warming. He will say one thing to you, it shall be well with you. They will tell you that, you see, in fact, the one that happened the other day, I got tired. People forwarding videos up and down. They said that, ah, they planned it all. This, you know, we've heard it before. A, they said this is a pandemic. That's not a pandemic. It's a pandemic. That because it's a pandemic, it was planned. Now, I disagree with people a lot of times on that area. And my premise is not based on science alone. It's because I tell them there's something you are doing you don't understand. You are regarding man whose breath is bought in his nostrils. You know what? Why should he be highly esteemed? That's what the Bible says. He said they have planned it. They will release this virus. They do this one. They will do that. And then they will do this. I said, wait, who are you talking about? Is it not these human beings that cannot guarantee their own tomorrow? They wake up in the morning, by evening they are dead. He says he withdraws their spirit and they expire. Is that not what the Bible says about them? And they'll say that they are saying, who is they? I even noticed that they always have this day that nobody knows. And I, look, I told my classmates, I said, look, 
I said, all of you should remember when school, they taught, they taught us psychiatry. I reminded them. And my classmates in our chat group, we have about um, three psychiatrists inside there. All right? Some of them, I mean, former executive, top executive of big federal government institutions in that area. I reminded them that those days when we were in school, they taught us about psychosis. And they say, I still remember the lectures they were given. That they said, they did this, they did that, they did that. I said, did you remember that those people never knew who the they were? I said, I'm beginning to feel like a madman. When you people make me want to believe all of these things, this day that I cannot identify that wants to take over the world. Now, let me just say something. It is not based on political science or analysis. It's based on the knowledge of scripture. Human beings don't have that power. When this whole thing started at that time, I like one thing that one pastor said. He said, this was how they called Mussolini the Antichrist. Then he died. And they call Hitler the Antichrist. Then he died. They call Stalin the Antichrist. Then he died. As a, I mean, I'm not an old man yet. And I'm not like, I'm not 80 years old. In my short life of just observing life, many Antichrists have risen and have fallen. If you, all, all you need to do. <laughs> no, I still remember when Saddam Hussein was the Antichrist. He was going to lead us to Armageddon, remember? And Josh Bush took him and killed him. And that was the end of the Antichrist. <laughs> I have seen that all the time. So it upsets me when people now gather and say they planned this one. I told one of our brothers the other day. He said, but sir, you see the thing? I said, hey, relax. WHO has a blueprint for every possible kind of disease outbreak in the world. It doesn't mean they planned it. They already have a blueprint for what we will do if Ebola breaks out in Nigeria, they have it. They have taught their people. So if you see somebody now, they say, hey, we saw the document. Everything they are doing now, they planned it before. Yes, they did. Because they have to plan for every possible scenario. What are you seeing that they haven't seen before? They saw Spanish flu. In case you don't know, this coronavirus, all right, is the third in recent years. The name is SARS-CoV-2. You know that? that have you seen it? S-A-R-S-C-O-V. Call for coronavirus. Two. Why is it two? Because just about 13 years ago, one came. That one was called one. They didn't, sorry, it was not called one, I wanted to say. But when this one came looking like it, they called it two. It's not new. But what about that one also came in China. It, it broke out short, 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 shortly after it was contained. Then a few years later, it went to Saudi Arabia and co. And another coronavirus came out, and they called that one MERS. The same thing. That's Middle East Respiratory Syndrome. So when this one broke out, all of us not knowing what God was doing, I thought it would go this way of COV-1 and MERS, and they didn't. This one I'm making, they are all coronaviruses. And there are four other coronaviruses thereabouts that afflict mankind on a daily basis. So, there's nothing new. So, the fact that you saw that they had the blueprint, and they are playing now what they've already written down, is not proof that human beings are so powerful, they can control the events of this earth. They plan for every possible... Listen, just spare yourself. Because some people say, ah, pastor, you don't know, I don't know. Yes, I don't want to know, because it is stupid to me for somebody to try to wrest power away from my God. He holds tomorrow. Listen to me. Let me tell you the truth. I have never had the problem. 
He said, uh, uh, Putin is doing like this. Uh, Bill Gates is doing what? Not Bill Gates, what an American president, almost former. Uh, what is his name? Almost former. Donald Trump, thank you. <laughs> Donald Trump is like this. You know why it doesn't bother me? I look at them and say, Is better a human being? Yes. Then leave him now. You know what the Bible says? Who is it that decrees a thing? Who, who um, the, uh, plans a thing and it comes to pass? When the Lord has not spoken it. So somebody says he will do something and he does it successfully. That means the Lord has said it. It doesn't worry me. Why it does not bother me is what I'm telling you. He said they have plans. He said they can gather, I will scatter. Is the word of God. So if he has not scattered it, then he ordered the gathering. I hope you're getting my point. Listen, if people gather against the plan of God, it will scatter. I don't have to have a prayer, call everybody to come and... Listen, let me just tell you something. I've had people organize prayer, you know, national, international prayer against the new world order. Those want to take over the world. Let me just tell you something. You are wasting your time. It is an exercise in futility. Let me tell you the reason why. Because the Antichrist must come. You can't stop him. He must come. Your prayer cannot stop him. God does not listen to your prayer that he should not come. God says, why should I listen to your prayer? Pastor, I will say, what are we going to do? I will not answer you why you are still walking in fear. You are too afraid of the Antichrist. Let's do that one. You know, I see all kinds of prayers. Nonsense prayers. Prayers generated out of panic. <laughs> Let me tell you one that will make you laugh. I'm sure you have seen this video. They fly around. Say they released a pigeon. It did not take off. <laughs> have you not seen that one? Yes, sir. Another person last chat with my people. He said that they did another one in Imo State. That people were talking about. They go and they go throw the pigeon. Go up. They go laugh for ground like stone. <laughs> Bros, that's not my issue. Now someone comes. What is going on? Is there a spirit of despondency in the air? Why the pigeon is not flying? I said, Why should the pigeon fly? It was not bread to fly. I said, why do you want to... Okay, so the person who said it, see prayer. I will show you after. Prayer. We bind every spirit. I say, on pigeon. What is all of this? I said, okay, if a spirit is saying we should not succeed, how come every time we want to bury somebody in the village, when would they fire our cannon? If they go off. Did you catch what I said? Yes, You've not been to village prayer? Twam! Twam! You see them say, this, you know, this one, it, it didn't go off. When we want to cut rope to open a building... To commission a project. Does it work? Yes, yes. I said, I said, you know why? We know how to do it. When we went to do the one we will not sabi, it not work. One blame spirit. Spirit said, I be men are free me. <laughs> I was not there. You guys don't know how to breed pigeons that can fly. <laughs> you breed your pigeon in one cave, lock and damage a naughty farm. So <laughs> you locked your pigeon down. The pigeon has never flown. And that money, so it won't make noise. You overfed the pigeon. <laughs> you now want to release pigeon. The pigeon say, go away. He <laughs> said, bros, what they fly anyhow? Anytime I want to, anytime I want to fly, I mean, there must be something. I mean, you breathe me where you are releasing me. If now you they release in front of your house, you go run. <laughs> now this is where I'm going. So now one of my people come, if you say prayer. Begin bind, begin lose. I said, sis, peace should not get a problem. We don't know how to do it. Do you know the truth? I have never, I'm not saying it has never happened. 
I have never seen where they release pigeon for anything in Nigeria where they flew away. You know, grief like ah, they release that, they release them the one time we were doing the World Cup. They played the match. <laughs> the pigeons played the match with the people. <laughs> they had the whole major tournament. They you no know, opening ceremony. Then they release pigeon. <laughs> They took off patch back, say, guys, I like your grass here. <laughs> As they were playing, pitching the dodgeball. I, w- <laughs> I saw that one. I've seen them release pitching for this military prior to Nigerians, uh, and, uh, what do you call it? Independent. Look, soldiers were marching past, pitching the dodge soldier. You know why? We don't know how to do it. We don't know how to do it. Just do the one way you sabi. Now I tell a person today, say, please, sir, I beg. Free the pigeon. You don't know how to release pigeon. Go and ask the people, the pigeonologists. Say, please, if you want pigeon to fly off, what do we do? One thing is so that somebody come begin pray. We bind against. I said, this kind of prayer. <sighs> please, relax. In the same manner, you see Christians gather. They, are, they want to pray against the new world order that it will not come to pass. You know what God said? It will happen. Antichrist must show. However, the Antichrist will not appear until, first of all, there's a great falling away. There's a great apostasy. So if you don't want the Antichrist to come, you fight what? Apostasy. There's nothing like we bind the aspect. Those who want to take over the world, they will not take over. God said, listen. They will take. No, I've said it here before. I say pray against Islamic advance. I said there's a prayer God never answers. That's one of them. So pray that Islam will not invade Eastern Nigeria. I said, eh. I will not say amen to that prayer. If it is born out of your fear of headsmen, I will not. I've been in prayer. People say, we decree, we bind, we bless. That's how they do. You won't, all this, you won't hear amen from my mouth. I'll just be under my breath. Father will give you praise in the name of Jesus. Lord, you are good. You see me praying, you know? I, 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 my mind, something's wrong with you. In my mind, you are not all right. Say, Pastor, you think Islam should take over Eastern Nigeria? I will tell you the simple word of God. Islam will unless the church does its job. That's what I have to say. You can't pray. The... See, Islam left heaven with a decree from God. Prosper where my people don't move. They, they have it. That they will take over Europe is guaranteed. The only reason that will stop them from taking over Europe Right now, it's if Europeans die of first. The whole place becomes calamitous. But if, that's, if the society remains the way it is, I give them another 50 years, there will be big mosques in every major city in Europe. They've taken over England already. Do you know why they take over? When this church becomes cold. They become lukewarm. God spews them out of his mouth. If you see the kind of nonsense that churches will be debating in Europe, so God said, I will give you over to Islam. You can't pray it enough not to happen. Say, Pastor, what do we do? Pray for advancement of the gospel. I will begin my point. Listen, some people left with a decree from God. You can't fight them. But there's another decree that's running against theirs. Which is what? Upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What does that tell you? Once the church is advancing, any, listen to me, anyone that will try to stop the advance of the church will die in the process. 
any system that will try to stop the advance of the church will collapse in the process. Every single one will go down. Listen to me. Every single one. So anytime you see anything advance, for example now, they tell you that, ah, they built one major mosque in Ebony State. Hey, they have, they've given them land. Land in Enugu. If they cooperate, let's pray against Islamic advancement. Don't answer anybody. Don't answer anybody. Say, no, I don't have time for such a prayer. But I definitely have been awakened to what? When last our church do real evangelism, not church growth. You know, there's a difference between evangelism and church growth. There's the one that is, the aim is, I'm the pastor here, or God must know we are working. So from, we're 10 last week, we have seen out next December. I was able to go that we are 50. So I organize all kinds of things. My target is 150. When I meet that one, I do another all sets of things to make myself 500. That is not what they call evangelism. That's what I call church growth. And our country is full of church growth principles. And you know, God is interesting. When you harass him enough about church growth, you say your church shall grow, you say amen. You don't know that God has set you up. Of all the sheep in that region, you send them to another church. All the goats in the neighborhood, they are your portion. No, your number in one count. How many are you now? Say, Lord, we are 500. It's working. You say, you say it's working. No, say it's working. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. So when you see such things, we start, hey, wait, wait, wait. Is this a sign of our neglect? Is it a sign? If we see that's a sign of our neglect, what do we do? We start praying. We start getting ready. We start doing real evangelism. When they now say, ah, um, we need a new church building. We need to improve our bishop's car. I say, bros, can't you see enemies at our gate? What do we do? We need to preach. So we need to open more places where we are teaching the word in rural areas. We need to pray for a breaking out of revival in our region. Not, not our church now. If we see, assuming we are uh, redeemed, we see deeper life going out to do crusade, we'll go and meet them. Bros, is this crusade or church growth? When they pursue it, it's crusade. Let's pray with you. You pray for them. You raise prayer warriors for them. And of course, you now give them a sign that you are with them. With cash. With equipment. You let them have your boss. You give them your speaker. Is there anything you will need? You have a guest minister coming. Ah, uh-uh. His accommodation is on us. We have some good protocol guys. This your area is dangerous. We have three policemen in our, in our church. They will help us arrange security for them. And it's not your church. Oh. It's not church growth you're after. Now what are you after? The advancement of his kingdom. And the truth is this. Once that kingdom decides to move, nobody can stop it. If that kingdom decides to move, nobody can stop it. So that's why you don't hear me. When people say that new world order, it doesn't worry me. Illuminati, what you are illuminating is your problem. The problem is that many people who come to church, they didn't come to learn Christ. They didn't, learn to, they didn't come to know God. They came to succeed. Let me draw that for a few minutes to get back to my message. The problem we have right now is what I call the problem of holiness. Our problem is not even righteousness. Right now, we don't have as much a problem of righteousness as we have a problem of holiness. 
What do I mean by righteousness and what do I mean by holiness? Righteousness is the method we use. Now, not, I'm not talking about your status with God. I'm talking about deeds of man. All right? Righteousness is the method you use. For example, you can make money by stealing. You can make money by shooting somebody. You can, you know, you can blackmail people. You can defraud people. You can do over invoicing. You can do racketeering of all sorts. That's the way of making money. You can be another Pablo Escobar. Pablo Escobar was a billionaire in his days. Why did he make the money? Drug dealing. Now, Christians generally don't do these things. So that's where the problem is. So they feel righteous. So what am I righteous? They buy, they sell. They have decent markups. They do contracts, they, they deliver. They try their best not to over invoice. All of those things is what is called righteousness. He that doeth righteously is righteous, John said. So they do righteously in the things that they do. So we have, now we have a problem of righteousness, but please try and get me. I said we don't have as much as we have of holiness. Now what is the problem of holiness? Holiness has to do with why are you doing all of these things? You want to make money? You are making it righteously. It's good. But the question is, why? That's what's called holiness. The word sanctify, you see God says sanctify some vessels. What does that mean? These vessels will only serve the purpose of worship. So, to be sanctified means to be set apart purely for the purpose of worship. Purely for the pursuit of the purpose of God on the earth. So, where Christians have... Let, so, a lot of times I listen to preachers, I listen to good messages in itself. But I say, what is the end of this message? That we might hammer and blow and enjoy this temporal earth. I said, but there's no eternity in view in this that you are doing. So they teach every day principles on how to do well in the things that they are doing. But what is the aim? That we too, Abba, we must chop. What shall we eat? Our children must go to school. Universities are getting expensive. We need to have money laid up on this earth. So that when it is time for children to go to school, they have something. So what are you doing? I work morning, day, and night. I am not lazy, which is good. We, Christians are not supposed to be lazy people. I don't steal. I don't cheat. I don't defraud anybody, which is good. There's only one problem. For what purpose? The purpose is exactly the same as the world. That is the problem Christians have right now. It is not pr- Even when they give... It is so that he might multiply. I hope you know that's what they call wicked giving. The giving of wickedness, selfishness. As I'm sowing, God will be bringing back in abundance. If you have that in your mind, you're a wicked soul. You don't love God. One bit. You don't care. You know some people, with all this preaching, people don't preach. They go see so. They know they hear. Listen to me. If you are like that, let me go one year ahead of time. The easy way to live your life is to listen to me. The hard way is for God to correct you personally. Not talk say I don't want you. Not talk say I don't want you. Say you have heard me want you now. Because anytime you finish listening to me, for every seed you sow that God might multiply for your covetous belly, 
As you sow one, you go remove ten. Then when you are almost bankrupt, you will say, before I was afflicted, I went astray. Now I obey your word through the mouth of your servant, Banky, that I heard last year. So when I said the easy way, <laughs> Paul said, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. I'm teaching the word of Christ, not my own word. I'm saying that many people don't love God. Even when they are doing what appears right, it is for their own selfish ends. Yes. You see them doing what is right. But it is for what day we get. It's called godliness without contentment. Please pardon me. I digress a lot when I'm talking. But I'll try and find my way back to, to what we're trying to say. So, I was saying don't pray nonsense prayers. That's what I was saying. I was saying that instead of telling the Antichrist not to come, fight apostasy. I was explaining that it is not by saying that the Antichrist is not come. Let's join our hands. It is by saying that we, we are the people of God, we will be united on this earth. It's by saying that we will love the truth. We will exalt Christ. We will be heavenly minded. That's what I said. That the way by which we stop the advance of Antichrist from the manifestation, because without there being first of all a great falling away, he cannot come. That is the point I was trying to make. Again, I want to do that. I know what I was trying to say. We'll go back again. So we're trying to explain that don't be carried away when human beings look at, make it look as if somebody can control this earth. For your information, just to give an idea, and this will help me get back to where we began from. You've heard of global warming, global warming, global warming, global warming. I saw one man on TV the other day. He said, I'm living with global warming. He was like, he was trying to, he was angry with Trump. Everybody's angry with Trump. Everybody. Even God is angry with Trump. Everybody. Donald Trump, do you hear what I said? As a prophetic word. Everybody's angry with Donald Trump. Initially, it was just some people. But even me, I don't join. If, and I joined after God joined. You know? Everybody is angry. But don't worry. His anger is bought for a moment. His mercy is what? Everlasting. So God is angry doesn't mean that uh, he, he just repents. That's all we are saying. Alright? Why is he angry with him? I know why. If you want to know, come and ask me after and I'll tell you none of your business. So, <laughs> The Lord is good. So everybody is angry with Donald Trump, trying to blame everything on Donald Trump. When they come out in the morning, pigeon does not fly. He says Donald Trump. So this man was there trying to show Donald Trump our president was taking global warming seriously. Donald Trump said, there's no global warming. Listen, I'm living with global warming. And he showed himself water surging. You understand my point? So the ocean has expanded down to his doorstep. And so it is global warming. Now, so Pastor Mark, do you believe in global warming? Every Tom, Dick, and Harry believes in global warming. So that question is irrelevant. The question is, why is it warming? Has it ever warmed before? And the answer is, if the answer is yes, who cooled it? And right now, there is absolutely, listen to me, this is a matter of fact, there is absolutely no evidence that if we do everything they are saying we should do to combat global warming, that the earth will become cooler. No evidence. It's an assumption based on computer models. Let me tell you something about computer model. I can model where I want it to come out. Okay, now. I can write my model to bring forth my predetermined agenda. 
Is that global warming? Like I said, the globe is warming. There's only one problem. Nobody knows why. Nobody. What is stated as a fact that is the activities of human beings on the earth is speculation. They make it look like scientists, go and check what they keep on saying. Scientists have agreed it's not true. The scientists that have not agreed have been silenced. All the prominent ones, you know, you, see, you know, say now we they control this thing. What I say now we, we, me and you, we, we. So if I know say you not agree, I will not appoint it to WHO chair, uh, to the committee on global warming. I'll appoint you that agree with me. Then when we are two hundred, one ninety nine of us will now. There will be one Judas. One Judas will manage to enter. So when I say one ninety nine of us are agreed that this is the issue, and we say all scientists have agreed, no, the scientists we picked, we did not pick them at random. We pick them knowing what they will say. This is what I'm going. There are so many theories on why the earth is warming. So many. Scientific theories, not speculations. I'll give you about three other ones. Maybe it's the sun. The sun is burning hotter than before. We have no control. We don't even have good records on how hot the sun is burning. We just know that almost all the heat we get comes from there. Whether it's giving us more than before, we really don't know. Number two, we have another source of heat. Who knows where that is? The core of the earth. We don't know whether it is getting hotter or cooler. We have no way of measuring. And our oceans, the depth of our oceans go close, as close as possible to that area. So whether the oceans is tapping heat and dashing it to us, we don't know. So I've given you two other theories. Apart from the third one, the major one, which is called the anthropogenic. So we have the geologic one, the solar one. Which one does what? Nobody really knows. But because we have to rearrange the supply of power on the earth, we have to tell everybody it is because we are driving motor car. The day I got convinced of this, my thoughts, was when I found out that the very things they are telling us now is the reason for global warming was the very things they said in the 60s and 70s were responsible for global cooling. Because that time the earth was getting very cold. It says because we are driving cars. It says because we are burning coal. That those that are shielding away the sun. Now, why am I telling all of these stories? Human beings are crazy people. That's what I'm trying to prove to you. And I don't listen to them because God has decreed that a day will come that we burn like an oven. That day will come at the right time. A day will come when Jesus will appear in his glory and the mountains will melt like wax in his presence. That's what I'm going to explain. I have come to understand that the human beings on this earth don't control the things that are on the earth as much as they think they do. I know that when God is, they say that global warming is responsible for all the droughts we find on this earth. I said, who said what? Why do you have droughts? One word, iniquity. When God is angry, he says it will not rain upon that earth. What happens? It stops raining. Whether you burn fuel, you don't burn fuel. I mean, a man showed up one day, his name was Elijah. And at the end of the day, he said to us, Lord, prove that I have done all these things according to your word. So we know from the beginning it was the word of God. And he said, there will be no rain or dew until I say so. You know what happened? Three years, rain or fall. What do they call dew? 
In the morning, everywhere is wet. No, it didn't happen. They came out in the morning, everywhere was dry. Animals died. Crops refused to eat. Of course, they couldn't grow. And they said, what's the reason? He said, because you have, cho- you have departed from the Lord your God, and you have gone after other gods. It wasn't global. And it, no, there was not, it was just the decree of the watchers. And they said, no rain upon this place until a word is released. Somebody will not tell me that. You know why there's drought on the earth? In fact, I've heard all kinds of things. The woman, the, in fact, the, the craziest I heard. Oh. Naturalized human beings are very funny. Once they believe something, especially CNN, they will twist everything to let you agree with them. The night Barack Obama was being inaugurated American president, the first time, that was like 12 years ago, it was an exceedingly cold night. And he was making a speech on global warming. And everybody was shivering with cold. He said he was wearing big, heavy wrapper. It wasn't wrapper, it was, you know, overcoat. And he was saying that we have to challenge, we have to attack the, you know, to handle the issue of global warming, which is difficult to defend on a night like this. I said, I'm happy you know. That night was exceedingly cold. A few days ago, I read, they said 2020, one of the hottest years on record. I've said, have you known something they missed? They did not tell us where it is on the cold years. Because, you see, they don't just measure the top heat. They measure the lowest cold point. Check us how, tell us how cold the winter has been. I don't know. I'm just asking. You know why I'm saying all of these things? Because the people keep on pushing to us, trying to prove. Okay, I was trying to say something. That, you see, do you know they twisted to say this? Listen to what I'm saying. They said the hotter the world becomes, the colder the winters will be. You didn't hear what I said? That the more the... Because what happened was that there was a time winters were getting cold and cold and getting colder. They said it's the result of global warming. That the warmer the globe becomes, the greater the swing. Please, I know some of you are getting bored with this global warming talk. The point I'm making is this. That's what I'm going to do all of it. People keep on talking as if the power belongs with man. You know the result of it? Listen to me. That's where, I'm, that's where I began from. I'm going back. You know, I went this way. Digress, digress. I'm going back to where we began from. All right? The effect of all of this is to, listen to what I want to say, is to remove faith from you and from me. That's the effect of all of it. Why is the coronavirus? They planned it. So nobody, it will not cross anybody's mind to repent of iniquity. It won't. Why should we repent of iniquity when it is Bill Gates that planned the pandemic? When they say, the reason there's drought is global warming. Why would we go to God and pray like Solomon taught us to pray when there is famine upon the land? Why? Why will we? We will not bother when we see the Storms getting hotter, the more intense. Category 5 hurricanes showing up all, all the time. We will not go to God. Why? We will say, it is global warming. The globe has warmed, so the hurricanes are more intense. And why did the globe warm? The power belongs to man. It's because you are driving, you know, an SUV. When you could have been entering an electric scooter. So instead of you repenting of your sins, you will sell your car. And you now go and buy a Tesla, thank you. And then another guy will become the richest man in the world. You, why will you repent? 
So when somebody says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, they say, crazy people, they have come again. We have answers to everything. What happened to coronavirus? It was a pandemic. They planned it. They released the virus. It is not a plague on the earth. It's a, it's a determination of mankind. Why is there hurricane? Why is there famine? It's because men are driving cars. It's because they are burning fossil fuels. Can you see what we're doing? We are taking all the power away from God and keeping it in our hands. And if anybody says otherwise, we say it's because they are religious fanatics. So they sit down, plot their computer models. I don't know how many of you ever got this picture of one time, you may have gotten that they say, hey, America is flooded. One air, particular airport, you see cars in the planes with water all over the place. You must have seen the picture. It was flying around sometime last year or the year before. Eh? Yes, they said JFK. You know the truth? Of course, you know, that thing never happened. It was a computer model of what will happen when temperature of the earth reaches a particular temperature. To scare you. So they sat down with the computer models and designed everything to show us that the power belongs to us. So right now, New Yorkers have no reason to repent of their sins. Even though God, listen to what I want to say, even though God is killing them every day. No, God sent an angel to New York. This coronavirus did not afflict, afflict anywhere on the earth, earth as much as it afflicted New York City. The spirit went in there and killed and killed until the mugs were full. They turned, you know, vehicles for carrying refrigerated foods. They turned them to mobile mortuary. Coronavirus, I never, I never do finish up. It killed and killed until New York was tired. But nobody will say, repent. Why? It's a Wuhan virus. What's my message today? To tell believers, without faith, you have no understanding. Without faith, you have no understanding. Remember where I began from. What is faith? It's the way by which we see what others don't see. What is faith? It's the way by which we understand what others don't understand. That's why I said at the beginning, the world talks about coronavirus. The Bible talks about a plague or a pestilence on the earth. No matter, you know, I was careful to try and explain to you. If you tie one plus one, two plus two, the few dimensions together to make sense. The man caught the epidemic when he went for this and he was exposed to this and then he died. By faith, we understand that the spirit had his name and killed him. By faith, we understand. By faith, we understand that down to the last name that it will take, it has been written. And that's why in the school of prayer, we used to pray, say, if there's any loved one you feel is at risk, ask the Lord. Because the one thing that intercession does is that it removes people's names from the list. Sometimes you just feel like, ah, my brother is there in the heat of this pandemic. He might die. My friend is there. Is a doctor there. He might die. Don't leave his death or his living to chance. Get on your knees and entreat the Lord for your friend's sake. Did you hear what I said? Because there are days the angel will draw a sword 
And they want to strike. And the Lord will say, enough. And the guy by that time, he's shivering. He's coughing. He can't breathe. Because the angel, when he's approaching you, you fall sick. <laughs> when he was, as he's moving in your presence, you start falling sick. When he draws his sword and he stabs in the chest, you die. So as the angel is moving towards him, you are there, you are praying. And the Lord grants, oh God, you know, he said that Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife, Rebekah's sake. I like that expression. And you will entreat the Lord for your friend's sake. And you know the spirit, you know, go and read your Bible. There's one particular, the, the angel of the abyss. The other day, Pastor Murphy asked me, is that an angel or a demon? I said, Pastor Murphy, I don't know too. I said, let me go and check. Because I don't know why it's a demon of the abyss or the angel. What the Bible said, the angel of the abyss. Ah, I said, Omo, things are bad. This God is not the way we thought to. No, we think all the angels that work for him, they are nice angels. They, they dance tango with you. Hey, my sister, how are you doing? Not lie. Like your friend, remember that apostle? He said there are some of those angels, they smoke Igbo. I'm tempted to believe. <laughs> angels that come out in the morning and say, boys, how far? You get cocaine there, yeah. Rap, give me small. <clears throat> so, angel, cocaine here yeah, in the service of the Lord. And when you say angels sniff something, no things are bad. The ones that sniff, they carry one sword that's always dripping. With the blood of the enemies of God. When they say enemy, I don't mean unbelievers. So anybody would disagree with them. So that apostle that they said that his, his God angels, they are high. Now I believe it too. They, they call the way some angels. You no, know, God told Moses, I'm going to send an angel with you. Moses said, I'm not going anywhere. You don't know the story. Said so that angel, you know the hair. Sorry. God said, Moses said, we are not living here. Leave it, leave it. Everybody, we're not going again. Let us hear. You want to say, now me, you go send angel, me, you go keep for road. You know, some of those angels, they seem to have a mind of their own. They love the Lord. They are avengers. How do I know? God didn't tell them anything, no. Well, I assume he didn't. Now, one said, this Balaam guy, you know, they hear. The other guy said, now, so I see him. Where is he going? He's following Balak. Say, kill him. Thank you. Senior angel told the effector angel, that one went to the road. He said, well, let a lie. Cross this job. <laughs> Cross this point. Balaam, no, no. You know what he said? If your donkey had not done that, he said, today I would have killed you. What I tell you? God had told him, anything you like, do to Balaam. So that one said, okay, what are we going to do? We'll draw a line here. Anybody that crosses here, we will kill God in his message, all opened the eye of the donkey. Now the donkey said, eh? Donkey moved this way. It was a narrow path of the road. Balaam beat the donkey. Go back. Donkey said, if only you can see what I'm seeing. Finally, he pinned the, le- <laughs> the leg of Balaam. And Balaam provoked. And finally, the donkey said, I beg, enough beating. He opened his mouth and spoke. I'll be your donkey all this while. When, when, when was it that I refused to move? You said, look front. Eh? 
Balaam saw that angel. It was not an evil spirit. It was what? An angel. The same kind of angel that went into Egypt. In one night, killed one person in every household that did not have the blood painted on it. The same angel that went into the camp of the Assyrians. And in one night, killed 185,000 soldiers. That is the God we serve. Don't joke with him. I saw pastors at the beginning of all of this. Their message at the beginning of all of these things was to glorify Satan. This is what Satan is doing. I said, we Satan. Satan, we don't dodge. Thank you. Satan, we don't wear face mask. You are talking. Thank you. We Satan. They call Satan. They say, I'm not on seat. <laughs> we Satan. Ah, we took the glory of God and gave to the devil. We kept on telling ourselves the only power our God has is to bless people. You know, for that reason, they don't repent. Even when he judges the earth, they don't repent. Even when he sends out a plague upon the land, they don't repent. Why? Because there are now two groups of people. There are those who think they have all the powers in their hands. Human beings. You know? Humanists or animists or whatever you want to call the unbelievers. And the second group are Christians who say, no, not he. So that's what Israel used to say. When the prophets would say, this is why you are afflicted, they say, not God. So people started rebuking when they should be repenting. So the world took away our faith. We are talking about the release of the supernatural. What am I saying today? By faith, we must come back to understanding. Yes. Because if you think everything is a game of chance, you will not repent. You won't even know the right prayers to pray. You will be walking by the few calculations medical science and, you know, normal science has given. And so this is why people die, this is why they live. Things you could pray about will be negotiating with science on prevention. Because we have become so earthly minded. We don't recognize that this earth is just but a place where spiritual things are manifested. That indeed the spiritual controls the physical. We don't remember. My initial intention was to start my message from here. What I want to say now. They tell us that at the point in time, human beings were hunter-gatherers. You know, you've heard that before. Don't teach children that lie. Human beings were never hunter-gatherers. They made it look like we came out of Ameba. The Ameba became Paramecium. Paramecium became Euglena. Euglena won the grey backbone and became what they call uh, Amphioxus. Some of you may know this is I'm calling <laughs> And Amphiosis one day, one day, one day became a tadpole. Tadpole became, uh, eventually became fish. Fish one day decided that I know they swim again. I don't grow leg. I can't come up for inside the ocean. And after one, it grew leg, grow leg, grow nose, grow hand, throw away the fin. Next thing it became this, became that. And then one day it's too direct. It's a homo erectus. Go punish you. <laughs> so that's why you behave like a monkey. That's your grandfather. Nonsense. 
So one day, human beings learned how to make tools. We saw some tools in the, some Maidava caves. We dated the tools. That was 1.5 million years ago, the early days of Homo Tulutus. He made tools now. When I read the way science has turned people to animals, it just, it just, it just shameful. And unconsciously, we human beings, we Christians, we believe them. Let me tell you the truth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Then one day, by His word, He spoke, and the seas became filled with living beings. He spoke, and animals. He formed them by his word on the earth. Then one day he said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let him have dominion over the things we made before that. And then the Bible says then God took that man and put him in eastward in the garden. He planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he placed the man that he had made. He blessed that man and said to him, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. And I'll tell you something you must never overlook. And that man was not alone on the earth. He wasn't alone. He did not discover how to make tools. Somebody taught him how to make tools. He did it. He did not stumble until he knew how to cook. And then just showed him, as part of God's creation, this is how you are to handle things. Taught him how to cook, gave him the basic things, develop it from there. This hill, from it he would dig copper. This one, the Lord has kept iron ore inside it. You have to be busy so you will get your iron by yourself. Let me teach you how to mine iron ore. And he showed it to the man. As man began to increase on the earth, the number of angels he used to see began to reduce. Two things made him reduce in number. Number one, that is the angels he used to encounter. Number one, the angels had given him a lot of knowledge. People had increased in number. And then... A lot of the angels were tired of the iniquity of mankind. So they did, because he was going to the earth, he said, Not me. I'm telling you. Because you see, how do I know? It's simple. In the beginning, you see, what happened? God came in the cool of the evening. They recognized his footsteps. It was not the first time he was coming. The Lord God, who came later as Jesus Christ came in the cool of the evening into the garden. Man was not alone there. The day Joshua ran into one, he thought it was another soldier. He saw the guy, I imagine him holding his sword tight. Are you on our side? On their side. Are you for us or against us? That one said, neither. What am I trying to say? Listen, he thought he was a normal person. When the Lord Jesus showed up again with two of his angels on his way to Sodom and Gomorrah to go and judge the places, the, 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 the cities. He stopped by in the camp of Abraham. And Abraham thought they were just travelers. What am I trying to explain to us today? Please, our faiths have been weakened by the way human beings have taught us on how things run. They've kept us on the physical dimension. Bombarding us every day with lies. Why is the globe getting warmer? It's because of your car. Lie. They have not been able to prove it's not because of the sun. They have not been able to prove it's not because of the core of the earth. 
They've not been able to prove that it's not the effect of one galaxy that just four billion, uh, four million light years away. That's pulling us in a particular direction and, you know, causing disturbance in the radiation swelling around us. They've not been able to prove any of that. They say the power lies with you. So every day we think we are in control of everything. So even when God afflicts us, we say it's not him. For that reason, we don't have faith in us for the power of God again. Everything can be physically explained. The only prayer we know how to pray is that God guide the hands of the doctor. And we feel very spiritual. As I'm going to hospital, Lord, let the doctor know what is wrong with me. Let him prescribe the right medicine and let it work. God said, now, wow. Three prayer points for healing. None of them includes me and your way here. Let the doctor... Now, the prayer is not bad, though. It's better than not, you know. Let me just warn you. Because human beings are all crazy, even the doctors, too. I know what, I know what I'm telling you. You know why we pray like that? That's the level of our faith, and that's what I'm talking about. Our faith has been reduced to that level. That is the only prayer we can pray. It's not, I'm not saying it is bad. I'm just trying to emphasize the fact that it is because we have been so reduced to that level, that's the only thing we can do. It's not our fault. I mean, alone. It's environmental influence. You see Christians sitting there every day. That's why I went into that. Discussing how Pfizer wants to join Bill Gates to put nanobots into their body. If I, <laughs> oh, the way my classmates would joke about it, eh, we will laugh tired. Somebody said, now, please, this is a bit vulgar. Don't be angry. He said, Pfizer wants to kill you. He said, why did they make Viagra for you and you were buying? <laughs> did you hear that? Yeah. He said, yes, now, maybe they won't kill you. It's the same company that gave you Viagra, and all of you buy every day. You know, no one died that time, have you? Nonsense. He said, now, Pfizer wants to plant something in their body. That's where the people's faith remains now. So we see Christians discuss it. It annoys my body. I said, can't you see how you are magnifying man every day? People tell me that uh, if they bring the vaccine, should they take? I said, do you take medicine normally? If the answer is yes, go and take. Will you take it if they bring it? Depends on my mood. If I'm afraid of Corona, I will take. If I'm not, I won't bother. If I, most, well, let me not say what I will really do because, because people want to do what is that, but just leave it like that. But it, if I refuse, it has nothing to do with anybody trying to turn me to a zombie. Good evening. Bill Gates said I should preach to you this evening. <laughs> Nonsense. Once he has spoken, twice I have heard this. The power belongs to God. That's what I'm preaching. That's my message for today. Because once we get these things back into our heads, listen to me. Even God can't release his power. He can't. Because when he does, we'll praise a human being. His glory will share with another. When you see me disagree every day, it's not based on science alone. It's because by faith, we understand. Sometimes my faith trickles down to my scientific understanding because David said, I have more understanding than my teachers. Why? Because your testimonies are my meditation. So, because I keep on thinking, 
I hear some things, they say science, I just say nonsense. I don't want to get into, let me not be sidetracked now from the main thing I'm preaching. To tell you how science lies to you every day. For your information, there's almost nothing they tell you that does not have a motive. Whether it's true or is a lie, there's a motive. Let me, not, let me not go into that in details now. Better stick with the word of God. Science will... Ha! <laughs> those days, eh? They are still doing it. They keep on... You know, there are human beings everywhere. When I say they are human beings, I mean everybody is a human Whether you're a Nigerian or an American, a natural person is ungodly. You will see the milk industry will gather and pay research, researchers, to prove that milk elongates your life. And the, the studies will show up in medical journals that those who drink milk live longer. The other day they showed, they were proving that coffee, you know what they call coffee? Yes, it is cardioprotective. I, I laughed. I said, me? I will not believe that in a million years. That if you drink coffee, your heart will be healthier. I said, they should tell me how much Starbucks gave to them. This will. This will. Have you heard this before? There are three kinds of lies. Statistics, statistics, and statistics. Three types of lies. Statistics can be made to say almost anything. The other day, Rocky and his wife were in our house and were analyzing. Do you know? She's a pharmacist. That when she found out how useless some drugs are, she wonders why anybody sells them, why anybody prescribes them, and why anybody takes them. And these are drugs that Americans spend billions, scores of billions of dollars on annually. Drugs that have been shown by real researchers that they have less effect on you than you just raising your hands in the morning and say, Father, I thank you, and going about your business. You want to believe this science? Believe God. Believe God. That's what I'm trying to pray today. Let me end my message. Recognize again, that's where I began from. That's where I was going. That this earth is spiritually controlled. Science may sit down and tell you about genes, about bacteria, about viruses, about immunity. Just four dimensions I've counted. There are 20 more dimensions they don't know. How honoring your father and your mother prolongs your life, nobody understands. Was in the Bible. Number one thing that prolongs your life, or let me not say number one, one of the most important things that prolongs your life is your knees on the floor. I like the way Ken Hagen testified. Oh, such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful testimony. He had a vision. So all this, for years he's been having this feeling that his wife will not live long. He had the feeling that she would die early. So one day, let me not mix the story up too much, but he had a vision and he asked the Lord, I've always had this feeling that my wife is going to die early. If I said that thing, he and that is ministry, that feeling. Because there are times, you know, he was a prophet. There are times the spirit wants to start moving upon him. But the more he gets into the realm of the spirit, the more he becomes, it becomes clearer to him that his wife is going to die. Ah! So he'll pull back to give himself some comfort of heart. And then, one day he had that vision and he asked the Lord, 
I've been having this feeling. Is it so? And the Lord said to him directly, yes. Ah. And he said to him, Lord, please. I need to ask you about this. I like her. She's a good wife, a wonderful mother to their two children. That's one part. And secondly, I'm a preacher. She's a partner with me in ministry. If she dies, yes, most certainly, maybe I will remarry. So, but if I remarry, I have to start training the new wife again on how to partner with me in ministry. Say, so all of these things is not good. So the Lord says, so what are you saying? He said, please, I want her to leave. And the Lord said, fine, she will leave. She will not die. Just because you asked me. That's the part. He said, just because you asked me. So I tell him, get on your knees and pray. He will do things you can't imagine. Stop reading medical news. You don't even know whether they are telling the truth or they are telling lies. Just because you asked me. That, is what, that woman lived longer than him. Or at least, if you can't say point for point, I don't know if there's that age she died, but she outlived, that is, living together now, that's like, I don't know their age, but which year they died. She died a few years after him. He was 88 there about when he died. The woman was still alive. She now died a few years after him. And the Lord said, just because you asked me. Do you know if that woman had died, would have found out at autopsy that she had polycystic kidney disease, which starts to manifest at the age of 40. The kidneys failed by the time, failed totally by the time she was 43. And then one day she had a thromboembolic phenomena during dialysis, and she died. Story, story. But if you had asked in heaven, Jesus, why did Doretha die? He said, Ken didn't ask me that she should leave. I left the power to prolong her life in his hands. And he never asked me about it. He read the ultrasound report. He saw the creatinine level. He checked the genes. Her uncle died of the same disease. And the geneticist said to him, she's going to die of the same disease. And he took his children for screening because that's the runs in families. He never said to me, please let her live. That's what I mean when I say one major thing that prolongs life is those knees on the floor. After the way you want to pray, stop speaking the English. You don't understand. Oh, thou God that dwellest in light unapproachable. <laughs> from one galaxy to the other, whose arms stretch from Pluto into the sun. And the stretching of thy feet, you sit in the heavens and you tabernacle your legs on the earth. God says, even if I show you that photo, can you identify it? David has said it, he knew what he saw. You know, no book, they talk nonsense. Because I find another name and call me. He said, Jesus, they are hung on the cross for me. He said, Good. 
Who forgave me of my sins? Yeah, I like that. Who said to Kenneth Hagin, just because you asked me? Jesus said, good. Let's say this boy knows something. What do you want? The same way you answered that, my brother. It's in your Bible that you answer prayers. Biko, I like Ada, no one she die. Say, just because I asked you, do something. Say, I didn't come with seed. Pastor Banks, if I, if I plant seed, she go die. No seed. But you love me. I read in the Bible where you said, the Father himself loves you. It's written there. Don't speak any English. I begin to rebuke her. I command. He can wash her. Shut up. Shut up. They are copying. You feel like Omar Okwai, right? I've told you. Collect the report. And say, Baba God, can we see? Close the door, nobody there. Say, read them. They say, I go die. I have to show you the report to let me not pretend like I didn't see it. And it's scaring me. What do you want, Lord? Please remove this fear first so I can pray properly. Lie down there and say, Lord, this is... Ah. See, this was it began, it began to pay me. This, here, it now started swelling. The doctor said they will operate. They don't know what they will find. They said we should do MRI. I don't even have money. Do you know why? Because the power belongs to God. Every time he gives us a name, is to let us know what he's like and what he can do. He said, I'm the Lord that he led thee. Literal Hebrew. I heard it from the direct prince. He said, this is the best interpretation in modern language. I am the Lord, your doctor. So that's the meaning. I am the Lord, your doctor. The earth every day, they are moving, moving our faith. They, they pin the virus until women will do hairstyle. They say, ask Corona hairstyle. Now, people have more fear of Corona than of God. And this is a virus, which, let me let you understand. If it infects 200 people, it probably kills only one. And that one person is likely to have been sick before. That, no, what I told is medical fact. The mortality rate is less than 1% in people that it affects. We think it's far less, actually. I just said less than 1%. In people that fall sick, it may be about 2%. Most that it infects don't even fall sick. As at now, I'm not aware it has killed one young person. Maybe one out of millions. Yet, the fear of corona is the beginning of wisdom for some people. Our faith has been removed. That's the point I'm making. Let me say this to you so I can close. God heals the sick. No matter what genes or results say, he heals the sick. He raises the dead. See those you read in the Bible? No be folk tale. They really happened. And there are credible... I mean, I told you I went to preach the other day. Somewhere near Otokbo there. And one man came to the minister. He's an evangelist. And he was just telling stories. Of one day he was in his crusade. He was trying to say that, listen, he doesn't have more faith than anybody else. He was just encouraging Christians. Just go out and pre- preach. Let God do his work. And he brought a man to his meeting. He didn't know the man was dead. But people were falling under the power. You know, I was praying for people. Some people would fall down. 
So they brought the man, they were bringing to the front. So he thought the man fell down at the back. I want to carry him and come and put him on the altar. So he didn't want that. So he told them, please drop him, he'll be fine. So they dropped him and the man got up. So he, he didn't know anything until they told him later. He just assumed that he fell under the power. So he was trying to emphasize to us that this man as if I, I have faith in the name of Jesus, I begin to... I didn't know the man was dead. I just told them, drop him, he'll be alright. And so those ones said it was the word of the prophet. <laughs> dropped him. He just didn't want him to come and crowd the front, that's all. He raises the dead. Do you know what? He fed thousands, is not a joke. He feeds people like that till today. This earth is not a game of chance. Angels still patrol, I hope you know that. Oh, they patrol. They patrol. They patrol. They patrol. They move around. They've escorted you before. There was a day, you're a young lady, you were going home, you entered Keke, you didn't know the Keke man was a criminal, and he's taking you along a road that his friends are waiting. But the Lord knew. So told one angel, escort her. And the angel just stopped. Hey, please stop. The Keke man stopped. And you saw a policeman say, Auntie Abeg, can I just share the ride? I just want to drop over there. And Keke man couldn't say no. And you too, in your niceness and fear of Olokwa, you shifted. And the angel sat down with his squeezed uniform, making it look like he has been on duty the whole day. They got to a particular point, he told the Keke man, I will stop here. And you to say, ah, Keke man, this is where I'm going to. The angel knew. So he stopped. And he just said, don't worry, auntie, don't worry, don't worry. You walk, he wanted to stand there till you are gone. That I will settle the Kekema. I look at the Kekema, you are not worthy of your money. Go away! In fact, he go, even, even call Roger from the guy. <laughs> call Roger. Say, foolish man. And you don't know. You don't realize it. And you don't go and say, oh, Father, I thank you for deliverance today. You did not even know you were delivered. He did not even know you were delivered. And I wanted to know this is real. Adam was not just bungling around, you know, discovering tools. You know, they now show you that they tied rope to stone. Do you follow? They put the stone on the stick. He said the primitive tools. I saw some children's books the other day. They said tools of the early man. I said, let me not speak bad thing again. Who is lying? When people have sinned, and God has removed his blessing from them. They go downwards. They start using stone as tools. They become cavemen. He now says, early. They were not early men. They were accursed men. He said, curse be Canaan. A servant of servants it will be. Those were people who carried the curse of Canaan. They carried to an extreme. They were hardly better than animals. And those stones you saw, they used it on themselves. Furthering the curse of Canaan upon their heads. You now find their cave later. They say, early man. They were not early. The early men, the real early men, were taught by angels. Taught by angels how to do things. People think human beings have so much sense they made it. No! Technological advancement was God's mercy on the earth. And for the purpose of advancing his knowledge, I thought about it, and I'm not joking about it. God gave us mobile phones. So we can have mobile 
computers, which we call phones now. So we can have our Bibles on it. So we can have our books on it. So we can have our messages on these things. So we can share easily. I grew up as a Christian when to get messages. I remember the first day I saw Kenneth Higgins' message. That's tape on campus. And I have the message now, Compassion of the Lord series. Do you know we gathered? We gathered. And they put it in a particular tape player. And we lay down like this around it. We sat down. Some people laid on the bed. Some sat like this. And we listened to Kenneth Higgins say, it is not what God can do. It's what he yearns to do. The Bible never said the Lord is power. But it said the Lord God is love. And we're listening like, ah, ah. Speak to me, Lord, thy servant listeneth. Then one day, one brother walked, he said, I want to be, he said, I want to give you first. He gave me over 200 Kenhagen messages in the flash drive. I got a copy. I was feeling quiet. I gave Pastor Murphy. Pastor Murphy said, I have 64 videos. You copy. This is four videos. How many? 64 gig of video. You copy. Now, so with a copy up and down. There are people that their hands said they have everything I've ever preached. They also go to Pastor Bank, this and download. Thank God for Wi Fi exchange. Do you want it, man? Put on your device. Shoot. They dash you 20, 30 gig of message in, in, in a few minutes. Wi Fi will move everything for them. Ta, 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 ta. You say you couldn't carry Bible into Saudi Arabia. God said, eh, I can't carry Bible to Saudi Arabia. They say, no, you can't carry. Because they're me. I can't carry Bible to Saudi Arabia. Wait. They got to a point. You version. You know you version? You version has, I don't have the information. It's inside of my little book. Um, Mark of the Beast. You version has Bibles in every Arabic language. Downloadable from everywhere. No, look, there are people, the keeper of mosques in Saudi Arabia, they're in the Bible, nobody knows. There are those who will come and lead prayer. These are, what they call them? Imams. Then for night, after they don't quench light, they go put on their tab. You version, where are you there? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Allah Akbar. <laughs> God said, I can't carry Bible into Saudi. You want to tell me? In China, no Bible? What do you mean? He said, ah, they will block the internet. He said, God, that, why do you think I made memory cards so tiny? Have you seen memory cards? That tiny thing? 128 gig. God said, there's no wahala. I will make Chinese men produce it. People will carry it out. They will fill it with all kinds of messages and Bibles. And bring it back in and share it. Let somebody tell me I can't bring Bible to China. Say, block the internet all you want. See why God gave us technology? So that the knowledge of God can increase. You know what you need to do? Collect your faith back from the world. They've been trying to snatch it from you. Put it back. Hitch it on that right, right, you know, how do I say it? That car, that, that train, Yes. Hit your car on the train and follow the direction of the Spirit. 
Start giving God glory in everything. The way you exercise it is simple. You say, by faith we understand. It's a discipline you must have. Start interpreting your life only from scripture. Everything is deliberate. It's fight. It's a fight the good fight of faith. To get your telescope of faith. Remember, that's how you see. We're not trying to deceive ourselves. We are literally seeing into the real realm. Get your telescope by force. Things happen to you. Say, what did the Bible say about it? Start reading your scriptures to interpret your life. Just understand that without faith, you have no understanding. When they say coronavirus kills people, say, wait, before I start wearing mask or wearing face shield, let me go and pray. Let me first say to the Lord, spare me of the plague. And the Lord will say, open your Bible, Psalm 91, you read it. No evil will befall you. No plague will come near your dwelling place. He said, but with your eyes you will behold it all, but it shall not touch you. Then you take that scripture, like I do in my house, you give it to all your children. Drink this, all of you. <laughs> oh, you know, there's something Jesus does. You take it, the bread, and break it. Say, eat it, all of you. Take the wine, pour it, drink it, all of you. As a father in the house, give that one, you get the scripture. I say, everybody eat this one. Eat this one. Take this scripture. My children can recite Psalm 91. Grab any one of them. They give you Psalm 91. Grab them, Psalm 121, 23, 34. The number of, I said, everybody cram it. <laughs> no one day they said, during lockdown, they said they needed a, a new game, PS4. You know, my father didn't have PS0. <laughs> In my house, there was PS nothing. So when they come and tell me the price of a PS4 game, I was like, is that not iniquity? How can you use this amount of money to buy a game? So I didn't think it made sense. So one day they came and said, Daddy, we have been able to gather some money amongst ourselves. Can you just, I mean, like, don't be a wicked soul. Just add this balance. They didn't use that word because if you used it, nothing for you. But ah, when I look, you know, when you see determination, I say, ah, how do we do this? So I said, everybody, go and memorize Psalm 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If all of you can memorize it, I shall buy the game. Just 1 Corinthians 13, I say yes, in NIV. Say that's not the problem. Was it the first day or two days later? That weekend. They were the one that that they were ready. (laughs) (laughs) He said, Daddy, we are ready. This is a joke. Everybody. I was calling them. Nobody got less than 97%. 97%. Because the idea is that if you miss one word, it's marked. Nine, almost 99% each person recites not head. Ah, I said, is that so? So after that, I said, okay, everybody go and, go and cram Psalm 91. They, they start cramming scripture. You cram, you can get a new game. In fact, <laughs> the Lord is good. He said, take it, eat it, all of you. That's what I'm saying. Drink it, all of you. You get that revelation, give it to everybody in the house. Eat it, all of you. Let's take our faith and put it back in God. Our faith is not in the economy. It's not in America. It's not in Canada. Uh, your prosperity is in God. Your destiny is in Him. Take your faith, hook it back on Him, and hear the word of the Lord. This is your year of personal testimonies. Amen. 
personal testimonies. Amen. You will see sickness in your body. Which, you will back at it to run. Amen. To run. You will see lack. You say, where? Abundance will come. Amen. Listen to me. This is your year of personal testimony. Amen. You will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen. I want you to understand again. Healing power, divine healing power, is, it heals all kinds of diseases. Amen. Doctors are not the plan of God, though. They were given to us because of ignorance. Yes, read your Bible. There was no doctor in Israel. Doctors developed with idolatry. As they ran away from God, they had to import physicians. Read your Bible. All the closest they had to doctors in the Bible, in Israel, were priests. They were priests. And their job was to make sure that you have been cleansed. Satisfy you, tell you how to handle public health measures. They expected that when you eat the meat of that sacrifice, you will get healed. They felt sick many times. Moses would give them the prescription. They ate ma- Listen to me. What I want to say is not a lie. It's the word of God. They ate manna. They were healed. They drank water from the rock. Osa died. When they said, we don't want manna, they fell sick. And that's what happened to them. What is this manna? That's okay. Let me give you worldly food. Once they grabbed the worldly food, it sent leanness into their souls. Those guys were not, God didn't expect them to have doctors. Say, for what now? For what now? This is your year of non-needing doctors. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me add this one to it for you before I go. You will lay your hands on the sick. Amen. And they will recover. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. But I have to pray. Let's give the Lord thanks for the word that we have received this evening. From the depth of your heart, say, Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to me. Thank you, Lord, for faith in my heart again, for activating faith in my heart again.